I'm reading this morning from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Chencherai. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people, and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risk their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend, Epenetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, speak through those ancient greetings, your word of greeting and challenge today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul wanted to get to Spain. He wanted to get to a new territory and to share the gospel there. He saw it as an area ripe for mission. But Paul never made that trip to Spain. He was arrested in the temple in Jerusalem, attacked by a mob, beaten and put on trial for being a Christian and a troublemaker. He was taken from one court and one official after another, brought before the governor, Felix Festus, and then replaced Felix as governor and sent Paul to King Agrippa. Agrippa even got no nervous that Paul was going to convert him. Are you so quickly persuading me to become a Christian, Agrippa said? To which Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that not only you, but also all who are listening might become such as I am, except for these chains. Paul, even at that moment of danger and imprisonment, and suffering wants to share what he has discovered in Christ, the love of God, from which neither life nor death nor anything else in creation can separate him or us. Eventually, Paul reminded the court that he was a Roman citizen and appealed to the emperor and so was sent by ship to Rome. 
He wouldn't go to Spain, but his wish to see friends in Rome was to be fulfilled, though only as a prisoner under house arrest for several years. It's said that under the persecution instigated by the Emperor Nero, Paul was executed among many other Christians. Yet far from destroying the church, that persecution fanned the flames of Christian faith in that capital and beyond. The love of God in Christ was unstoppable and the gospel that Paul proclaimed was greater than even death and suffering. Which ones of those named in this final chapter, chapter 16 of Romans, perished in Nero's persecution on, on the growing church? We do not know. Paul greets 26 individuals and five households or house churches in this final chapter. Some scholars wonder if Paul really knew so many people in Rome. He'd never been there before. And some say that maybe that list was originally meant for Ephesus and somehow brought and added to that great letter to Rome. Or was Paul simply proving a point in this, this church that was not restricted to a place? People were travelling across the Mediterranean all the time, tradespeople and so forth, taking the faith with them. Each of these people played an important part in the story of faith. If not in Rome, then elsewhere in the empire and some of them no doubt gave their lives in living out that faith in those dangerous times. It's good to remember that many of the people named in this final chapter are women and I want to focus on just two people among those 26, Priscilla and Aquila. They were a remarkable couple, tent makers and tradespeople who travelled across the Mediterranean and are mentioned in a number of Paul's letters. And contrary to all the patriarchal customs of the time, Priscilla, or Prisca as she's nicknamed in some places, is mentioned first here. Perhaps she was the stronger character the lead person of that couple, the one who first came to faith, or was the main spokesman or spokesperson for that couple? We don't know. But often Paul says Priscilla and Aquila, contrary to the custom. Because for Paul, in Christ, there is neither male nor female. All those barriers are broken down. We are one. And no one would accuse Paul of being a feminist. There's plenty of chapters which we find really difficult in Paul's letters. He was a man of his time, 
but there are those glimpses that faith is bigger than the culture in which Paul lived. And that, this one is one such glimpse. Priscilla and Aquila. The tables are turned. They were Jewish Christians and, according to Acts, were expelled from Rome at one point along with other Jewish people. They settled in Corinth and then Ephesus and worked with Paul there. After all they had shared, after all they shared the same trade of tent making, perhaps they taught Paul that trade to keep the wolf from the door uh, because the work of a missionary was not easy and Paul did not take pay. But here in this letter to the Romans, Paul says, they risk their lives for me, not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. We do not suffer the kind of persecution that the Christians of Paul's day were undergoing. But no one could say that being a Christian in 21st century Britain is not without challenge. And certainly we and all humanity are having many challenges at this time. We need to be people like Priscilla and Aquila, fellow workers in Christ, bound together, working together, not going off in separate camps, dividing on whatever lines we want. We are fellow workers. And the great challenges of today, be it a pandemic, or the climate emergency, or the injustices and divisions of rich and poor, these are only going to be overcome if we work together, fellow workers in Christ Jesus, the Jesus who shows us what compassion and true love is about. So first, be a fellow worker, work together, be bound together in the love of Christ. Share that desire to follow him day by day. Step out from the safety zone sometimes to help others. And share gratitude. Not only I, Paul says, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. I took a funeral this week and a man in his 40s had worked for many years in pretty grim jobs. Eventually he couldn't work but worked for one day a week at a charity shop. And there he was thanked for his work and he said that was the first time he'd been thanked for doing something. We need to express gratitude to each other, to follow Paul's example. He begins every letter 
even when he's really cross with the church, he begins it by giving thanks to God for them. Let's be fellow workers. Let's express gratitude to each other, support and encourage each other in the work and the gospel of Christ today. Let's keep a moment of quiet and reflection. We'll hear a little piece of music and then we'll come to our prayers. So we come to our closing prayers and we use the words of Paul for our reflections. I'll share a verse and we'll keep a moment of quiet as we pray that through. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed throughout the world. I remember you always in my prayers. So we give thanks for one another, each unique, each of great value in God's eyes. We remember the whole church gathered and scattered across the world. We thank you for our part within the story of faith. May the God who gives endurance, endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
We pray for those who need encouragement today, who need to endure, those facing uncertainty, disruption, sadness or suffering, those in hospital, those sick at home, those waiting test results, those whose lives are restricted in many ways. Be with them, Lord. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray for that Holy Spirit to work among us and through us to bring hope to those who are short in supply of hope at this time. To bring peace to those places of great conflict. To bring moments of joy in place of sadness. The God of peace be with you all. Make us channels of that peace, Lord, in the days ahead. To God be glory forever. Through Jesus Christ. Amen.